I can honestly say that book changed my life. For the first time I learned how to be present. I began to learn how to be observer of my own thoughts. I began to understand what trauma was. Hey guys, welcome to the Happy Way podcast, your go-to place for all things fun, happiness, well-being, growth, trust, and diversity. I am your host, Melissa Fideli, and I am here to inspire and connect everyone who chooses health and happiness so you can be your healthiest self and live life the happy way. Hey guys, welcome back. Today on the show, we have Diana, who is a certified NLP business mentor and founder of Her Soulful Success. Diana is committed to impacting millions of women who are feeling stuck in their jobs and lives by teaching them how to rewire their brains by reprogramming their belief systems to allow them to live their versions of a successful life. We all have a range of limiting beliefs and even trauma that stops us from being the absolute best version of ourselves. So today, Dee is going to help us break down those barriers, teach us how to trust ourselves and reconnect with our intuition. So welcome. Oh my goodness. What an introduction. (laughs) I was like listening back going, oh, I sound great. Yeah, you do. (laughs) You're like, do I do that stuff? Yeah, that's me. Yeah, (laughs) welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited. I feel yes. so honoured. Yeah. Well, you also have your own podcast, so you, this is going to be a breeze for you. So I was just saying, definitely not the same setup as <laughs> in, you know, the office of my home. Yeah. But it is. I I hope I yeah. flow just as well. You will absolutely. <laughs> so to start, what is NLP and what does it? How does it work? Yeah, such a good question. So. NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. So it sounds like a bit of a mouthful, but essentially an NLP practitioner is someone that is an expert in the language of the mind. And by understanding the language of the mind, we can then alter those thought patterns to alter, enhance or change your life. So we'll go into how that kind of works and we use different modalities in really tapping into the subconscious mind and... Yeah, by altering how we think and how we speak about ourselves and our beliefs, we then can begin to really change our external world and our external environment. Wow, amazing. I've heard of NLP and yeah. I've heard that it can be quite powerful, but I've never actually sat down with someone who's an expert in it. So I'm so excited for today's episode because I feel like yeah. we can really get into the nitty gritty things yeah. of you know how our mind works and how to rewire our mind because like you said, it's you know, we can have so many limiting beliefs and just so much holding us back that sometimes is subconscious and we don't even know it's there. So yeah, that's where you come in. (laughs) Exciting stuff. Yeah. So to set the scene a little bit, can you tell us about your journey and what got you here today to do what you're doing now? Absolutely. And we had a chat about this before because, you know, I feel like most of us have got a really nice long version of how we got. It's like we live so many lifetimes before where we are today. But I'll give you the medium version because I think there is relevance in Mm -hmm. explaining a little bit about my background and what kind of led me on this journey. I guess in my early 20s, I got into, actually, well, in my late teens, I got into a relationship with who is now my husband. Mm -hmm. And I left high school as many, you know, other girls do, kind of excited about what life's going to bring me. Um, My parents were really big on, you know, going to university, no gap year for you, honey, you know. 
get a really great, you know, high paying job or a corporate job, I went into media and international studies and my experience at university was not the best. Like I really struggled to one, connect with other people. Mm -hmm. I didn't really vibe with the subjects straight away. As soon as I got into media, particularly, it wasn't social media. It was really more like broadcasting and television and journalism. I very quickly knew that it was out of alignment with what I really wanted to do. I think a part of me always wanted to actually be a psychologist. And even Mm -hmm. throughout high school, you know, I'd always hear people and friends say to me, you're such a great listener. Like, you know, you're really great at giving advice or you really, now I would say like holding space for someone to be able to work through their feelings and emotions. Back then in high school, there was no such vocabulary. Mm -hmm. It was just, I was a great listener. I was a great counselor. I was great at holding space for my friends. However, I think, I don't know, you hear what other people think you should do. And at a young age, before you really know yourself, a lot of like my, especially my parents and family said, you know, you're a great speaker. You'd be great as a journalist. You're a great writer. So I kind of, we're conditioned to really care deeply about what our parents think. Mm. And I hadn't found my own kind of my own voice or my own knowing yet. So I pursued that. Didn't love uni. I finished it. So four and a half years, media international studies, working in retail and like Mm -hmm. cafes. But my personal life was kind of falling apart, I guess you would say. My relationship behind closed doors was very tumultuous. And my boyfriend, who at the time, who is now my husband, was actually struggling with a drug addiction. So mm-hmm. this carried on over a, a good, maybe like 10 year period all up. But as a young 20 year old girl, I had no self-esteem. I had severe codependence on the relationship. I had no awareness or understanding that Addic- what addiction really truly was outside mm. of what it looks like on the outside as someone choosing bad behavior. Yeah. And as many young girls do, I didn't feel like I deserved to be loved in a different way. I wanted to change his behavior. I wanted to make him a better person. I couldn't imagine myself living without him, all of the things. And I think a part of that was because we are kind of like soul flames. Like we have a really strong connection and friendship. And that was always Mm -hmm. there from day one. We didn't meet when he had the addiction. So it was hard. Like on the outside, the way I describe my life externally to my family and friends, I had my shit together. I finished uni. I went and got into a corporate job. I was quickly working my way up the corporate ladder, Mm -hmm. team leader positions, coaching positions, marketing positions. I worked for a a big gas and electricity company here in the city. But on the outside, uh, sorry, on the inside, like behind closed doors, I was a very broken girl. I was struggling with severe anxiety. It all kind of bottled up and got so severe that I went to hospital several times in 2016. So it wasn't Mm. even that long ago where I suffered from really bad panic attacks. And I got to this point where my personal life was like I was wearing so many masks, but I didn't really understand what I was doing and why. I It got so bad and my partner without getting the real help that he needed things got so bad that of course it was going to unravel and Mm -hmm. fall apart I couldn't keep those masks on I couldn't keep succeeding and promoting myself in corporate jobs while I come home to 
complete and total like heartbreak and yeah just really dark things going on that I think Mm -hmm. we won't go into for the purpose of today but anyone that knows someone with an addiction or has been through addiction before will understand what I mean it's very 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 hard and it so at the end of 2016 I think was the beginning of my new life like the fresh beginning I guess so we got married earlier in that year Um, He had been clean for a little while, but obviously when you're not getting the right help, when you're not healing your trauma and why the addiction is there, you're really just sweeping a problem under the rug and it's always going to come back. So later that year, it did come back. Um, He had relapsed, but quite badly this time. I had no choice at this point. We had a house, we were married I had no choice but to ask for help. And it's sad. I'd like to say that I was a hero in my story. And at one point I just realized something had to change, but actually everything had to really fall apart. Like it got to a point where I couldn't lie anymore. I couldn't cover up what was happening. I couldn't pretend like I was a successful, happy person. Mm -hmm. I had to be honest. And I told my parents what was happening for the first time. I told my best friend since high school what was happening and her husband. And there was so much shame around like my life and what everything was coming to. But when I allowed things to fall apart and had to accept what was happening, the beautiful kind of pivot in the story was he decided to also accept what was happening and go and get proper help. So our story really, my story and like my journey started there where he decided to go to recovery mm-hmm. and we spent three months apart and he has been clean ever since. Amazing. But in recovery is where first I had to learn how to be by myself, figure out who the F I was for the yeah. first time yeah. as a woman without someone that I spent every single day with and dealing with like even my nervous system was so hijacked by everything was going on. Mm. What to do when I didn't have him there? What to do when the house was quiet? What did I enjoy doing? How do I just breathe through life? How do I go back to work? Who even am I? So I was on my self-discovery journey while he was on his healing journey. And when he came out, what I learned was For the first time, he introduced me to meditation, to Mm -hmm. yoga. He was like waking up to go to the gym at six o'clock at the recovery center, which is something you would never see him do before. But also different therapies. He was reading books like The Power of Now uh, by Eckhart Tolle and Untethered Soul by Michael Singer, some really famous, beautiful, like spiritual books. And at that point, I had a choice whether to jump on board and learn all about this healing journey that he was on. And I, I'm going to admit, like, I thought it was a bunch of weird woo-woo stuff yeah, at first. You do it first. You do it first. Yeah. But um, the first book that I picked up was The Power of Now and that I can honestly say that book changed my life. For the first time I learned how to be present, <clears throat> I began to learn how to be observer of my own thoughts. I began to understand what trauma was and why I even had anxiety in the first place and where the anxiety came from. I began to learn about why I was in a codependent relationship, why I enabled someone and, you know, really had to take responsibility for my life that I wasn't just a victim. I also actively participated in him not getting help Mm. probably much earlier than than he needed to, trying to do it all by myself. So... Fast forward a few years later, lots of healing, a a lot of work with coaches, myself, and looking after my body, restoring my hormones. Mm. Once I had gotten to a place where I'd done my own healing, 
I then began to then become really awake to what I was here, why I'm here, what I'm here to do. Why is that not coming out? (laughs) And it really wasn't my corporate job anymore. Although I loved coaching, I didn't love coaching sales or performance or KPIs. I realized that kind of all of those roots from when I was in high school about wanting to hold space for people, wanting to help people navigate through Mm. their problems, through their issues, through areas where where they were stuck. That was all coming up for me again. And I started studying psychology for a little bit, realized I that 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 wasn't all of it. And I think I'll continue to study psychology. But when I came across NLP and mindset work specifically, I knew that that was it. I knew that's where my journey was going to change forever. Mm-hmm. So in 2020, I flew to Sydney, got my certification. I invested oh, over $10,000 in training and also how to really grow a business in the digital space because I hadn't done media marketing for a while and it changes so quickly Mm. and came home and started my started my business quit my corporate job and haven't looked back since so I feel like that was still a a long version (laughs) no that was great it's It's good to know to condense yeah well you know you you've been on such a journey and unless we kind of uncover that stuff it's hard to understand what brings you to where you are now and why you're so passionate about helping and healing and you know sharing that with other people so yeah incredible story so thank you for sharing thank you all of that with us so I really want to get into the business side of things now because you do some incredible work with women to help them you know manifest and and help them fulfill their business desires and do incredible things in that space. So let's talk about our subconscious mind. What is it? How does it impact our daily habits and our ability to achieve any goals when it comes to relationships and wealth and business? Mm -hmm. So the subconscious mind, we can think of any process, anything that we do on the day-to-day every single day. So just think of something that you engage in like a behavior or an action every single day. I like to use the analogy of driving a car, right? We all, Mm -hmm. most of us have a license. We drive a car somewhere every single day. I want you to imagine that what if you had to, every single day that you jumped into your car, what if you had to consciously think about every single action that you were performing? So you know, really being hyper aware of the lights and when they would change red and putting your foot on the brake and actually thinking through that process, which is what we kind of did when we learned how to drive, right? We would have to think about every single step and we would learn those steps. And then after a while, those steps become a program where now we no longer have to think about them. Mm. So we're driving the car, but we can have a full-blown conversation with our bestie through Bluetooth, right? Yeah. So what our subconscious mind is, is it processes information that it receives through the brain. And it depends on who you ask where the subconscious mind is located. So if you ask a psychologist, they'll usually say in the subcortical part of your brain, uh, which receives processes information and sends anything to the conscious part. So where Mm. you're currently placing focus. So it'll make the conscious mind aware of anything you need to know. So obviously things like danger, something that you're that you are looking for in your environment, it's going to signal your conscious mind with. That, mm. that's it there. But generally speaking, most of what is in the subconscious mind are automated programs, uh, thought patterns that you're not necessarily placing 
any conscious focus on. So you're unaware that they're there. In fact, 95% of our actions and behaviors on a day-to-day are are completely subconscious. So we're not having to consciously give thought to them, Mm. which is a great thing because we can become really efficient human beings, right? We wouldn't want to have to think about every single thing, like how to tie up our shoelaces or like how to brush our teeth. It would just, we we wouldn't evolve as human Mm. beings. So our subconscious mind, you could think of it like as a storage unit of all of our programs, our automated behaviors, our responses, where it where it becomes super important and where we want to focus on our subconscious mind in relation to change and business is, of course, those automated programs are going to include things that are not in alignment with our goals. Yeah. So I like to say where we form our model of the world or our, or our subconscious model mm-hmm. of the world is through our childhood and through our high school years. We begin to learn from our parents, uh, from our upbringing, from our environment, we start to collect this information and our unconscious mind, especially between the ages of zero to seven, is like a sponge. So it begins to absorb a lot of information about the world, uh, about money, about relationships, and it begins to store them as facts that we're going to use later down the track to make decisions, to make decisions about our lives, but also in our being, like how we just show up in the world. Mm. So if we don't look back at that model of the world, but we have goals that are different to what our environment was growing up or contradict the environment in which we grew up or what we experienced in the past, it's going to be very hard for us Mm. to change. So really like simple example of this is in business, If you grew up in a family who were, you know, middle income earners, for example, like my family, both, I guess, dads like in the corporate world, mum's a nurse, hardworking, nine to five, go Mm. to uni, family and and get the job. But my goal is to create a thriving coaching business. Mm -hmm. My model of the world and my subconscious belief systems about the way to live life, my relationship with money, my relationship with what a successful human being is might be out of alignment with my goal. And when they're contradicting, contradicting, so when your subconscious beliefs contradict your goals, that's when it becomes challenging. And that's when people are unaware of why they self-sabotage or why they can't change their habits Mm -hmm. or why it's so hard for them to achieve what they want to achieve. It's because consciously they desire it and want it, but subconsciously there are all these limitations and blocks and beliefs they have about themselves, the world and others that are essentially out of alignment with that goal. I find that really interesting because I feel like, especially our generation, the way we work and the way we want to live our lives is very different to our parents' generation. Right. You know, like you said, they were... They worked very hard. They worked nine to five. They had their full-on jobs and they were always working for probably not a great amount of income. Whereas our generation, we have opportunity now to be able to kind of create more of a lifestyle, you know, utilise so many different platforms. And I personally, I feel the same way. I feel like I want to create one of those lifestyles and I want to have freedom in business and all of those things. But 
you, I do. I've, now that you've said that, I'm like, well, yeah, that's so interesting because my family have shown me what success is. So yeah. for me, it is working really hard, nine to five, you know, when you're not working, you're going to feel guilty, which I do feel guilty when I'm not working. Yeah. And yeah, so Why it's imposter very- imposter syndrome is so huge yeah, right now. Yeah. Right? Like I feel like every second human client that I work mm. with, women are always like, I feel like an imposter. Yeah. I feel like I'm in, I, I, I don't believe that what I'm doing is valuable or is right or, and it stems from that. And even just mm. using, for example, your example there, yeah. My parents, so what you love your parents, obviously. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it your relationship with your parents absolutely matters a lot. Yeah. So we are hardwired to seek our parents' approval. Mm. And then if we love and also look up to our parents, that kind of strengthens that yeah. hardwiring even more. So what how can happen subconsciously is you might desire a different lifestyle or mm. to utilize these new platforms that didn't exist when they were growing up. However, you might associate doing so with feelings of guilt yeah. or feelings of shame or not being good enough because of the way that you mm. formed your model of the world. And that's where it's interesting to tap into, to start unpacking some of those beliefs, why they're there. And often what we'll find is when we look at some of the beliefs and the fears and the blocks that we have, we just need to process them. And yeah, we need okay. to, once we become aware of them, we can begin to then rewire them. Mm. So when you're using NLP modalities, you're doing this on an unconscious, uh, in an unconscious state. So yeah. you can use like modalities that uh, incorporate hypnotherapy, which allow that change to happen instantly. But yeah. if you think about talk therapy, like what you'd experience with a counselor or even psychologist, you can still become aware and just choose to just by bringing awareness to that belief choose differently mm. or understand and unpack it a little bit more what you realize is what you see that belief for what it really yeah. is you yeah. know it doesn't mean that you're not enough mm. it doesn't mean that this is the only way you can begin to see where that guilt or that shame might stem from yeah once you begin to unpack it you you have more power to change that belief and choose differently but most of us walk around unconscious to that. So all we experience is discomfort. We experience guilt. We experience shame. We experience imposter syndrome. But we don't know why. Yeah. And that's the block. Wow. And so that's really what, identifying that block that's yeah. there in your subconscious. Yeah. Amazing. It's uh, yeah. It's so many light bulb moments there for me as well. I'm like, ah, oh, that's why I feel guilty all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So when it comes to business, how does our well this? I feel like you did kind of explain this, but maybe we can talk about how more so how to break through it. But when it comes to business, how do our belief systems get in the way of our success? And what do we do to break through? Is it more so that identifying the problem? And then what do we do once we've identified it? Like what is the step? What's the next step that we take? Yeah. We have something called an internal representation system, mm -hmm. which in a fancy way, you can imagine it being a filter. Yeah, And this filter is between our mind's eye and the world. So the mm -hmm. way we see the world is yeah. based on what we believe about ourselves. So if you believe, this is why if you watch, let's just, I love using money examples because they're very easy for people to yeah. like to envision. You look at someone who's a multimillionaire. Mm -hmm. I'm going to use, I don't know if you guys know Grant Cardone. He's like a, a huge investor businessman in the US. Mm-hmm. 
he went on a show called Making of a Millionaire. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's on like the Discovery Channel, really cool show to watch. And so they're given, they, they take like a billionaire's money away and they ask them to remake that million dollars from scratch in a completely foreign country in wow. a matter of like, say, a couple of months, right? He did it. He said, I don't want a couple of months and I don't want your first $100. So I think they give him $100 in a car. He said, I'll take the car because he needs it for transport. I don't need your $100. I'm going to make a million dollars from scratch in 30 days. And he did. I won't go into the details wow. on how, but he had no connections, yeah. foreign country. Mm -hmm. He had none of the things that he had, uh, like, Materialistic you know, things. Right. Yeah. He had none of that. And he was able to recreate that wealth that we human beings, other human beings that are not Grant Card, don't yeah. just wish for and hope to make in a lifetime. Why? What? What is the difference between, say, mm. you and I and Grant Cardone, belief systems? Yeah. And his belief, like his normal, his nervous system can hold the energy of a million dollars. He knows how it's part of his blueprint. He simply believes. Now, when he believes that he's a millionaire, multimillionaire, mm. his filter is going to present him with opportunities. He's going to notice opportunities that say you and I simply wouldn't yeah. because it starts with the being. It starts mm. with the knowing that you are and believing that you are and then we can become really resourceful and notice opportunities in our environment that are going to provide us with the result that we want. Yeah. So when we're thinking about business, again, if you want to be a multiple six, seven-figure e-commerce brand or a coach online or an influencer but your belief system's uh, that you are, you know, a middle income earner that has to work a nine to five job to make ends meet. Again, you're not going to see mm. and notice the opportunities over someone who might not even be as talented as you that simply has that belief and that knowing within yeah. themselves that that is available to them. And scientifically, it is because our brain receives over 10 million bits of information per second. Can you imagine if we sat there and processed yeah, all of wow. that information? It would just literally like <laughs> yeah. we would go insane. So again, what what happens is our subconscious mind through the filter sends to our conscious mind approximately about 50 bits of information to process, mm -hmm. which we're capable of yeah. doing per second, right? Mm -hmm. So all of that other information out there that's currently available to you and is available to anyone is simply not available to you to you because of your filter, yeah. which is based on your beliefs and your model of the world. How do we begin to change? So I think I already mentioned the first step is to really unpack your unconscious and become aware of your limiting mm. beliefs. So limiting beliefs themselves can be changed consciously through conscious effort like putting in effort, setting intentions in the morning to become really aware of what you believe now and what you want to believe mm -hmm. and wearing that new belief and practicing that new belief. That's kind of like, you know, rewiring your habits and training your your yeah. yourself to like embody a different state. Yeah. Another aspect to that though is trauma. So trauma is residual energy that's stuck in the body from unprocessed events from, again, your childhood or your upbringing or any any time in your past. 
they're unprocessed because when you experience that significantly negative emotional event, your body went into a fight or flight or freeze response. Mm -hmm. So when we think of trauma, we think of big trauma, sexual, physical, emotional abuse, but actually everybody experiences trauma because we, especially as children, we don't have the developmental capacity to process things like an adult. So for example, you want to play with your mum and dad, but they're busy working and they shrug you off or they yell at you and say, not now we're working. Mm. If your body responds in a fight, flight or freeze response to that, your emotional needs are not met, mum and dad don't love me, I'm going to be alone, I'm not worthy, that, again, not processed, you've been sent to your room, Mm. is unprocessed trauma that sits in the body. We then begin to internalise that trauma and make that mean all sorts of things about ourselves. Now that, regardless of how, and this is where people can Mm -hmm. do mindset work forever and still not feel like anything's changing, is you can try to think differently about yourself. Like, let's just say, okay, I'm aware that I believe that the nine to five job is the, the, like, is equal success, right? But I want to not believe that anymore. I want to believe that I can have a life of flow. I can have a different lifestyle. I can have more freedom in Mm. my life and create financial freedom. You can say that to yourself, but your body, and this is what happens with affirmations a lot, your body will not believe it. Like you'll feel in your body contractions, discomfort, as you are saying those words to yourself. Mm. That indicates more energetic work or body work or somatic work where we begin to understand where that block I don't know if you've read the body keeps score but your Mm -hmm. body remembers all of your trauma and your stored trauma and you will feel that as energy in your body Mm -hmm. this is where I truly believe if you're really wanting to become a clear channel getting a little bit weary here (laughs) um, if you want to be a clear channel and you want to actually embody the new mindset that you want it's worthwhile doing some energy clearing, understanding Mm -hmm. where that trauma is stored in your body and clearing that with someone like a coach as well and moving through that trauma and processing any trauma that maybe you haven't in the past. For example, I do that using a method called timeline therapy and it can take probably two to three hours with a client Mm -hmm. where we go throughout their whole childhood and we clear anything that they internalized within themselves that meant that they were unworthy of their Mm -hmm. desires. And we literally go from the earliest memory that they have right up until now and they relearn all of those events and they reprocess and allow themselves to really fully process all of the emotions of that event and what they really mean and store it how they want subconsciously. Mm. So... I hope that makes sense. Amazing. Yes, yeah, so many things. I'm like, oh my so God. many things. So just quickly, what are some non-negotiable daily practices that you do every day to support the success of your business, the your success of your relationship, just any non-negotiable practices that you always do and yeah. swear by? Yeah. So I am huge on being like feminine leadership, mm-hmm. meaning just being in a flow state with and listening to my body and what I feel like doing on that day. I'm not huge on putting a lot of pressure on daily habits Mm -hmm. unless there is something that we're really focusing on in order to adapt and make a lifelong change. So things that I like to do that are non-negotiable are still quite fluid. So setting intentions Mm -hmm. is one of them. 
non-negotiable must have an intention for that day. I must mm-hmm. live my life by design, not default. I need, I want to be, have, like, I want to feel like I have a choice in how I'm going to spend mm-hmm. my day and how my day is going to go through my energy and through my intention and through my mindset. But how I do that changes. So mm-hmm. I might wake up at 5 a.m. and mm-hmm. I might journal that morning. I might meditate. I might literally not have time for that because my kids might wake up at 5.30. Yeah. So I will just literally tell myself the intention while I'm in the kitchen, just mm-hmm. give it that conscious thought and that mindful thought. Mm-hmm. So setting intentions is one of them. And the second one is definitely moving my yeah. body because Beautiful. I think that, well, I think you already know mm-hmm. the benefits. Yeah. <laughs> we don't even have to Changes go into everything. that. everything. So yeah. anyone listening today, where can they come and find more of you? Because I'm sure they want to learn so much more about everything. You've given so much great information today. Thank you. I hang out mostly on Instagram. So yeah. at Her Soulful Success is where you'll find me. You can send me a DM, say hello. I also, like uh, Mel mentioned, have a podcast and you can find the links to that through through my Instagram as well. Beautiful. We'll pop all the links in our show notes as well. Thank you so much for everything today. It's been amazing. Thank you. So good. So that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I hope you have taken even just one piece of wisdom from this episode that you can apply to your life to help you grow and be a happier and healthier version of you. Please like, subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts and make sure to share us on your socials. Sending lots of love to you all. Bye. Yay! Amazing work!